Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. On a Zoom date, instead of just saying what's your favorite movie or color, I have suggestions like, why don't you give each other a tour of your refrigerator? Well, my fridge is looking pretty hot right now, I must say. We've got some fresh produce. We've got great veggies, nice firm eggplant, juicy pears, wet watermelon. I kind of got it all, a couple bottles of Veuve being chilled, a rosé one, my favorite. We've got some bubbly water, delicious, nutritious eats. My fridge is looking pretty great right now. How about yours? Hi, I'm Jen Kirsch, and you're listening to Lockdown Love. Welcome to Lockdown Love. I am Jen Kirsch. If you are just tuning in now and haven't listened to any of the previous episodes, welcome. It is so nice to have you here. You may be in lockdown too. I am. I've been in lockdown for months on end at my childhood home with my father, but I've also had some alone time in my room using the dating apps, connecting with guys over Zoom and video chats and all the places, all the things. But more than these romantic connections, I've really been trying to work on myself. I spend a lot of time at events in Toronto where I cover the society scene and take people behind closed doors. So what I'm doing here at Lockdown Love is taking you behind closed doors um, with my journey, with my life, and chances are you can relate. We get ahead of ourselves when it comes to dating. Am I right? It's like you match with someone you meet them, you have this connection, you've got a crush, and then suddenly in your head, you are on a park bench with them, you are sharing a meal of food, you're out on your first date, you're hooking up, you're, you know, meeting their parents, we jump ahead all these steps. In the lockdown and my excitement of last week, it being my birthday and seeing my friends from physical distance for the first time instead of a screen, I got ahead of myself. How these two things come together is we need to still realize that we are in the middle of a pandemic. So the rules may seem like they're getting a little looser, but we're excited and we want to meet someone and we want to see if that connection we felt online is real. Okay, not so fast. I have learned, and we're going to be talking during this episode to Dr. Wendy Walsh about why we need to form and continue to build these genuine relationships as opposed to using them as a means to an end. Guys, we've been in lockdown for three and a half months. Plus, we know better. Dr. Wendy Walsh is the pro. She is one of the top relationship experts in America. She has her own radio show. She has her own podcast. She's seen on CNN and a bunch of all the top TV shows giving advice on dating, relationships, the psychology behind them, and 
On today's episode, we're really going to dive deep. If you have connected with someone that you have a crush on and you're ready to see them, hold on for a moment. Take a listen. See what deeper ways you can find to connect with them because it's just not worth the risk yet. Hang in there. We got you. Let me remind people that all phase two means is that your ICU bed is ready now, Mm. right? (laughs) Nothing changed in the virus. The only thing we did is got enough ventilators to hospitals and we're all waiting now to see who needs them. So um, it's not any safer than it was, but this isn't meant to increase anxiety as it's meant to explain that jumping in and suddenly socializing with a lot of people is just going to increase community spread. So I have some suggestions. I'd love to hear. We love a good list. (laughs) (laughs) We know that Zoom, because we're doing it for work, we're doing it for school, we're doing with kids' homework, we're doing with our social world, our book groups and our game girls, game nights, or what have you, is that we also suffer from Zoom fatigue. And what Zoom fatigue is, and there was a Stanford behavioral therapist who was talking about their studies, human behavior, is when you're in, let's say you're in a normal conference room face-to-face with people, you, the speaker is not one foot from your face with a very big face in front of your eyes. We perceive that as a threat. The speaker is at the other end of the table. And also you don't stare at the speaker the whole time. You look down at your phone, you pass a note to a friend, you catch somebody else's eye, you look down, you look up and you're back. This is how the human brain functions the best. When you're on a Zoom meeting, you're expected to stare at the screen the whole time. And you have a threatening face right in front of you the whole time. Right. This is what causes Zoom fatigue. So one of the reasons, we're on a Zoom call right now, one of the many reasons that I have my camera off is because if you just use one sense, you can focus better. With you guys in my ears, I can give you a more authentic, intimate me than if I'm staring at your big face I'm worried about how many chins you see on me. And so my big advice to everybody is if you want to connect with people, get off the Zoom, put them in your ears, turn out the lights, sit in your bedroom at night and just have an old fashioned conversation. Right. It's interesting. I've been doing what I like to call walk-in talks. So Mm -hmm. with my nearest and dearest friends, I'll go for a walk. I'll make sure I'm getting outside for about an hour a day and I will call up a friend. And I've Mm -hmm. gotten into this routine of these phone calls and I find it so interesting that these friends I've been friends with for so long and I have things to talk about that are completely different and I'm learning new things about them Every day. Yeah. Isn't a crisis like this, it's not only a maker breaker for romantic relationships, it's a maker breaker for friendships. It is. So some of my friends that were acquaintances before have actually, have gotten much closer to. And then other of my friends that I thought were so close to me, were falling apart. I've been reflecting on that um, this past week. And why is that, Wendy? What's going on? I think there's a bunch of reasons. I think that when we're feeling this constant background anxiety, we have a shorter fuse and less patience for friends that we've tolerated before. But also, just like with your talking walks, when you're calling up people and having intimate conversations and nobody's rushing to get off the phone because they've got a reservation to get somewhere, you're actually having deeper conversations. 
Right. And asking questions that aren't yeah. the types of questions we would be asking over cocktails, knowing we have an hour window to see them before they have to go back home to their partner or whatever the case is. Exactly. Um, I've noticed there are a few people I've grown apart from and other people who I always thought were close that I realize really are. And one that I grew apart from, um, I found that when we would go on house party and have these sessions, so house party is like an app like Zoom, but anyone could pop in and out at any time. I found that when she was drinking and it would be, you know, midnight, she would sort of get in her head and be a bit more aggressive. And me being in the safety of my own home and not out and about, I just felt like I saw it more clearly. And looking back, I could see her behavior was like this during the friendship too, but maybe we were out or I was downtown or I didn't want to offend her or her to leave the restaurant or something. Through the safety of my own home, I was finally able to stand up for myself and see the clear signs that the friendship wasn't equal. Well, remember that all relationships in some way are an exchange of care, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friend relationship. You know, romantic relationships tend to include sexual care and financial care, but we give each other emotional care. We give each other instrumental care. And when we're in a crisis like this, we're really reevaluating our needs and asking ourselves, who's really going to be able to meet my needs? Who's going to be there for me? Right. It's interesting. That sort of reminds me um, of your book that had uh, come out in, uh, I believe it came out in 2013 about the 30-day love detox. And one thing that mm-hmm. always resonated me with that book that you talked about is sort of, um, it's not necessarily about needs, but about commitment and looking for people that are willing to give you commitment. And I sort of think about that both in a friendship way, but partners, you know, I find that it's, My flaw in the past, and I've been working on this through this journey on the podcast, has been choosing people, whether it's, well, mostly romantic partners that are unavailable to me. And it's just interesting when you say that it's relationships are an exchange of care, because I find it, uh, I'm even jumping over my words here, because I struggle with accepting care from others. Yes. So, you know, There are those people out there who can give lots and lots of care and have trouble accepting it. There are other people, we call them the takers, who can accept all the care in the world and can't give it. And those aren't psychological diagnoses, but underneath these kinds of behaviors are romantic attachment style, right? And so, you know, some people, and this isn't a bid to diagnose you in any means, in any matter, it's just like some people have this blueprint for love in their heads, the feeling of love is more clouded with a feeling of longing than a feeling of security. And so as a result, they'll unconsciously choose partners that trigger these old, old feelings of longing because that's familiar to them. That's what they believe love should feel like. So in terms of that situation, What is a healthy way, a rational way to select partners? I love it. I wish love could be rational, don't you? Um, (laughs) Wait, you mean it can't? (laughs) Well, I guess the answer, of course, is just, first of all, we have to understand ourselves. We have to understand our attachment style. And for many people, they have to learn to tolerate kindness, 
Do you know how often I have heard women say, oh, he's too nice <laughs> or, oh, he's just always there, right? And, yeah. and I say, well, why is that a problem? Now, obviously this could be a situation where a male has an anxious attachment style. And so her translation of he's too nice is her, him like trying to be overly accommodating and putting his own needs away in a cupboard somewhere to try to get her to stay with him. Right? right. And so obviously a healthy relationship is to be able to talk about these things, including our own issues from the get-go, from the first date and say, this has been kind of my pattern and this is what I'm trying to change. And what do you think your pattern's been? So to op- start the conversation by commenting on love in a rational way. So how can we properly assess someone? It all starts with assessing yourself. Right. And doing the work in therapy, taking attachment tests online. Chris Fraley has an excellent one, uh, learning about your attachment style. And then as you meet and talk to people, being open about it and also getting them to talk about their attachment behaviors. And if they can't talk about these topics, then do you want to have a relationship with them? I mean, what also is a relationship besides an exchange of care. It's a gymnasium for the mind. And if you can't can't talk about something, you're not having an authentic relationship. I'm not suggesting anyone be boundaryless at the beginning and just flow like, uh, you know, all their deepest, darkest secrets, because that might be, you know, putting themselves in a very vulnerable position. But at least talking about what you're feeling like on a date and saying things like, hey, first dates can feel awkward. And it's really hard in the first few weeks and months because new relationships can be so vulnerable. Just talking in global ways about what you're both experiencing at that time can be helpful. You know, I have a concern of Going back out there, if you will, and again, I know there's so many mixed messages of what stage two, phase two means, Um, Mm -hmm. but I have this sort of, this fear of going back out again and, you know, meeting someone and then, you know, having that attraction because I'm finally in person, maybe from a distance, but having that attraction and I have the fear of falling back into old patterns that weren't serving me. Um, in terms of that, I mean, I guess what I've learned is finding an equal partner is important and to be able to accept care from someone else. And I guess I wonder if, you know, you have any tips or feedback about people who have learned lessons during quarantine and don't want to go back to old habits. I think there are stages of growth and you must not beat yourself up as you move through stages of growth. And there's also no one rule of how long personal growth will take. My favorite metaphor for personal growth is you're walking down the street, you don't see a hole, and you fall in it. That's stage one, where you're unaware of your patterns. Stage two is you're walking down a street, you see that hole, and you fall in it. You recognize the patterns, but you've been unable to change them. Stage three is you walk down that street, you see the hole, you very carefully with your brain walk around that hole. Mm. And stage four is you take a different street. Mm. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And so think about what stage you're at and don't judge yourself. If you find, for instance, if women are finding they keep dating bad boys who hurt them, the fact that they can recognize a bad boy earlier and decide, "Mm, you know what, I'm not going to fall in that hole. I'm going to walk around it and get out of here. That's growth. Yeah, no, that's definitely something to be proud of. I, When I think about it, I know you're not asking, but when I think about it, I think I'm still on the same street, but I am walking around the hole very carefully. Right. But like, I really wish... I was at the point, and I know it takes time, but I wish I was at the point where I could just take another street altogether. Yep. And it's hard to do. And I do have that negative self-chatter in my head giving myself a hard time. Yeah, it happens from stepping around the hole over and over and over again. In other words, knowing clearly what you don't want is the giant step towards transforming you, towards figuring out what you do want. You know, there's so many... I feel with people using dating apps, people being at home more than ever before, people using dating apps, people feeling lonelier than ever, more anxious than ever because of this pandemic that's going on. I find that um, people have more temptations than they've ever have before. Um, For those that may start to think that it's okay now to meet people they've connected with, what would you want to remind them about putting themselves back out there IRL in real life as opposed to through a screen? Well, I want to remind everybody that we are wired to bond. And this is a very natural, this is a very normal urge. I think the best thing about screen life is it allows you more time to assess somebody. And just like we learned how to do with the HIV virus, it is not out of line to ask somebody how much they've been quarantining, to ask somebody how if they would please go get a COVID test. They're available now and free. And then ask that person to only date you for a few weeks until you assess each other. There's nothing wrong with that. That is not out of line at all in these times. Absolutely. I feel I, I could just think of a few of my friends giving that advice and Sometimes people are hesitant to even bring that up because they don't want to, you know, rock the boat, if you will. But I think it's... If you'd rather die, that's fine. Yeah, but it's... I was just going to say, but it's so important, especially me. I mean, a lot of my friends live alone, but for me being here with my father, I've never been more careful. I've never been more cautious. And at the end of the day, nothing is worth the chance of risk. So... exactly. These are individual choices for everybody. And I think that those people who are ignoring uh, safety precautions probably aren't the people who will protect you and take care of you in your future. So it's also a litmus test. You have been taking questions um, 
from others about COVID and their biggest concerns and their biggest concerns when it comes to relationships. And I was wondering if if you could give me a top three, what are the most common questions you're getting? Well, pretty much the ones you've been asking. Is it okay to go out in the real world? The other thing people are asking me a lot is, should I stay or should I go? Because Mm -hmm. quarantining with somebody is a great litmus test. It's a maker or breaker. And then they ask things like what you do on an online date, on a Zoom date, instead of just saying what's your favorite movie or color, I have suggestions like, why don't you give each other a tour of your refrigerator? Oh, fun. That is a good one. Dr. Wendy Walsh, everyone. What else? Ask somebody to get ready for the date by bringing some item into the shot. Now, I don't believe that you have to take a stranger and tour them around your house, by the way. That's a little much, especially if it's a first or second date. But bring an object that has emotional meaning to you to the date and explain the story behind the object. I love it. I love it. Any any others? This is I have chills. This is so good. I can't <laughs> wait to try this on someone tonight. Um, I also think that you should revisit the 36 questions to fall in love and ask the person to revisit them. And each of you choose only two questions from the list and bring that to your first date. Also, a really fun thing to do is order takeout, if you're in the same city, from the same restaurant. And you can talk about what you got off the menu versus what they chose or what did you happen to both like the same thing. And it sort of improves the emotional connection when you both know you're eating food from the same restaurant. Right. I love these ideas because the ones people have been hearing and talking about, it's like, let's watch something over Netflix together. I know, but then you're not talking to each other. You're just watching a show. I get it. Well, I these are such great tips. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, tell everyone what you're up to. Yes. So uh, besides my Dr. Wendy Walsh show on KFI AM 640 Los Angeles, which you can listen to anywhere on the iHeartRadio app, I have a podcast, all evolutionary psychology called Mating Matters. And Mating Matters looks at every human behavior through a lens of human mating strategy and reproduction. I usually interview some kind of scientist about his research, and then I interview all these real people who tell stories that bring the science to life. Please listen to Mating Matters. (laughs) Thank you so much for all your words, for taking the time, and it's just really nice to reconnect with you. Happy to do so, and I hope we all get out of here safely. I hope your dad stays safe. Thanks for doing what you do. Oh, thank you so much, and take good care. I was super excited to get back out there in the dating world in real life without being behind a screen. I thought, okay, now is the time. We're in stage two here in Toronto to make that IRL connection. Safety first. And, you know, as maybe disappointing as that is, I will say when I went out last weekend to celebrate my birthday with a physically distanced from friends, Although it was fun, and as I mentioned, having a few drinks made me a little more comfortable with it, I did feel a lot of guilt and shame and anxiety when I got home. I went through this sort of guilt spiral, like, I shouldn't be out and about yet, we're still in the pandemic, people are dying, I want to keep my dad safe. So I really like what Dr. Wendy Walsh says about, you know, taking things slow and having real meaningful dates and developing deeper connections 
from wherever you are. So for me, that's from my childhood room at my dad's house. And I want to take her tips, which are super tangible, and use them as I continue to connect with those who I have started to connect with and develop something with, whatever it may be. Connections are made by interacting. Bonds are created by being vulnerable with another and sharing ourselves, not just our time, but giving value to that time. So before we jump a few steps ahead and hit up those patios and meet someone in real life, we need to continue to see if they're even worth it. All relationships are an exchange of care. And when we're in a crisis, we're evaluating our needs. So if someone that you've talked to or even given your time to since day one of quarantine is no longer providing you with what your needs are, if they're not meeting your needs, that's okay. It's better to cut them off now than take it to the next step to meet with them when the time comes. That goes for friendships as well. If your needs are not being met, understand that and take a step back. You've got yourself and we've got you. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Love. I'm Jen Kirsch. Thanks to the amazing, the grand Dr. Wendy Walsh for joining us on today's episode. You can listen to the Dr. Wendy Walsh show on the iHeart Radio app. You can also listen to her podcast, Mating Matters, wherever you're listening to this. This has been produced by Adrian Muhajirin, Kimberly Hackyman, Allison Bruff, and me, Jen Kirsch. You can also follow us on Twitter at LDL underscore podcast and on Instagram at Lockdown Love Podcast. Lockdown Love is a production of Entertainment One's Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.